check, check. Mic check. Show presented by Empire on PulpMX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. Thursday, March 12th, 2015, noon hour on the, on the West Coast, anyways, three o'clock on the East Coast. Lots to talk about Indy Supercross coming up this weekend. Daytona is past Indy Supercross this coming uh, Saturday night. Great race, great crowd. Looking forward to it. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. It's one hour. We'll take your phone calls about Supercross, about motocross, really anything on your mind. 702-586-7857. Call in now if you want. Some lines open. Hey, have you heard about this fly racing sector boot? You haven't? Well, you should. It represents Fly Racing's entry into the premium off-road boot segment and is packed with the features and tech you've come to expect from every Fly product. Key premium features include the Sector's torsion control protection system, easy-to-use positive latch buckles, super comfy slip-on inner booty. It's, uh, this is it, folks. This is a boot on the par with any other boot out there. And it's Fly Racing's uh, enter- entrance into this category. And uh, things have been, good things have been happening with this boot so far, and you'll see more and more guys wearing it. It's only available in black and white for right now, and uh, four thirty nine ninety five is retail price. See your uh, local uh, motorcycle dealer to uh, get the Fly Sector, and, or you can dress up your Jeep, truck, or SUV with the hottest looking, hardest working accessories from NFab, proudly built in Houston, Texas. NFab offers step systems, light mounting solutions, bumpers, and more to take your ride to the next level. I've got a step, a set of steps on my Ridgeline. Love it. N-Fab.com, of course, NFAB sponsors the, the uh, Randy Hawkins Off-Road Yamaha team as well as the JGR Auto Trader team with uh, Filthy Phil, Barsha, and uh, Nicoletti. Great guys down there, and, and they support us uh, uh, very well over our different platforms that we have. Jason Thomas going to be on shortly to talk about Indianapolis, and Michael Antonovich from Trans World Motocross. We had him on last year a few times. Uh, good guy, and we'll have him on to uh, to break down a little bit. Uh, his Florida trip that he just got back from, and as well as looking ahead to Indy and uh, any other thoughts that he may have on the uh, series. We are giving away a Fly Neat Freak backpack. That's right. Neat Freak backpack. Uh, this thing's a pretty sweet deal. It's got uh, pockets for everything. It's got a laptop pocket. It's got uh, all the room you could possibly need. Fly Racing. We're just going to give it to a random caller uh, on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Oh, by the way, I'm Steve Mathis, in case you didn't know. Producing the, producing the show, holding it down, taking the calls, uh, delivering uh, cheer throughout. Now that his, his rider, Ryan Dungey, has a massive points lead, is uh, the Tis Legendary. This is a good year, right? Just in general, like, you know, Obama's doing great and the sun's shining and everything like that, and Dungey's winning. I don't know about Obama doing great, but eh, everything else I'll take. Just throwing it out there. I, I have no idea. I'm not saying good or bad. Right. I don't follow it. I just thought I'd you know, um, throw it in. Probably some people very mad at you right now. Probably some people cheering. 
That's how it, wor- that's how it works right <laughs> that's now. That's undoubtedly, yes. Uh, so last week on the show, we uh, talked about our Strava mountain bike segments. Uh-huh. You had me by 26 seconds. Uh-huh. Not anymore, bro. I bow to your greatness. We, uh, I went out three times this week, <laughs> and uh, yesterday uh-huh. I did a 506 you to a 517. 11 seconds, tits. I am king of the mountain on Strava. Enjoy it while it lasts. One of us is going to die. Trying, trying to. Absolutely. <laughs> somebody's going to go down hard at some point trying to break this imaginary Strava record. And there really isn't even that many people on it, to be, uh, to be honest. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of it's silly. So, uh, 702-586-7857. Uh, give us a call here, and uh, we'll come up with uh, Jason Thomas here shortly to, uh, to talk about uh, what's going on. And uh, one thing that about the um, uh, about this weekend's track, man, um, it uh, it's kind of kind of unique. It's kind of actually it's kind of not unique at all. Atlanta, just like Atlanta and Dallas, it's really the same kind of layout, um, and it's kind of disappointing to uh, to see that. And we'll get a little bit into talking a little bit about uh, why that is. Maybe with Jason Thomas here coming up uh, shortly. It's uh, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. Big news uh, coming up now. Kenny Roxon, RCH Kenny Roxon, been battling ligaments, been battling an issue, and uh, uh, we finally got a word that, yeah, after Daytona, if we missed Daytona in practice, he hurt, tweaked his ankle again. We finally got word that uh, Roxon will be out for three weeks. So that means he's going to miss Indy, Detroit, St. Louis, next three races. There was a weekend off after that for our break. Uh, so that will be four weeks of, uh, of no racing for Kenny Probably start riding near the end of that three weeks. No surgery needed on this ankle. It's it's just simply rest. He's got a strained ankle and a and deep bone bruise, and it's something that doesn't get better every week when he's out trying to ride and trying to race. So, really, the uh, the number one thing for Kenny is to just rest. He'll put a walking boot on it, I imagine, and that's it. So, Roxon will be done for uh, the next three races. So that kind of sucks. His season started off so so well and then went uh, so so south. So not not very good there. Um, what do you think of that, people? 702-586-7857. I think that if he comes back after the break and he's able to podium or win races, then great. No no problem. The right decision was made. But if he tweaks it again, then it's time to just pack it in for outdoors. Just get ready for outdoors. Uh, there'll be four races, I believe, after the break. Uh, Giant Stadium, Santa Clara, and, um, Vegas, and Houston. So four more races left after the break. Just uh, just get ready for outdoors. Unless he's healthy and even podium, you know. Other than that, he's got to uh, he's got he's got some uh, some time to get ready to defend this number one plate. So uh, yeah, it's an interesting decision that the RCH guys have to make. Fly neat freak backpack gonna give it away on a fly race in Moto Sixty Show presented by Nfab. Let's get right to the phones here. Uh, Scott, what's going on, man? Hey, Steve, how are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for calling. Good. Thank you for taking my call. I'm loving the shows. I love all these shows. You know. I- Thank you. Interesting. It's kind of a surreal deal. I, uh, I live in Salt Lake City, and I was boarding a plane last Thursday to go do some work down in Orlando. And I got the headphones on. I'm listening to the Pulp Show, boarding the plane, and I'm listening to you and JT chat. And I turn around, and there's JT standing behind me. Wow. Kind of surreal. Wow. A little surreal. Um, yeah, yeah. So he also he, he lives in Boise, so he has to go through Salt Lake City. So. Yeah. Um, it was a little surreal. I don't know what it says about you guys that you're now signing autographs. And uh, no, I, I know I, it's it's crazy. I, I actually feel 
I feel sorry for JT, really, because, you know, he, he, at one time he was one of the top 50 racers in the world, which I don't care what you do. If you're in the top 50, that's, you know, pretty mm-hmm. impressive. And I think he's probably more famous now. But Oh, um, that, you know what? That's probably true. I mean, Red Dog says the same thing. He said more people ask him now for for stuff than they ever did when he raced. I, I don't really believe that, but no, it's I'll, I'll call people and uh, just randomly call uh, buddies or something or or riders or whatever, and they'll be like, "Hey, I'm listening to you right now when you called me." So it's really weird. It's really creepy. Yeah. So um, yeah, but no, man, it's uh, it's going well. We appreciate all the listens and, and things are growing. So um, what's on your mind? Well, I had a couple of questions. I know you had Shorty on earlier uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think on the air suspensions, you know, my question is, I don't know what the, what those save. Is it like four or five pounds for the air forks that they save on the um, weight? Um, no, probably maybe, uh, uh, three to four pounds total front and rear somewhere around there. Okay. I think without springs, um, without two springs, it would, it, the, the single spring saved a pound and then you get rid of another spring and that's another pound. That's two, four, two pounds on the back, probably a pound on the rear. So not that much, okay. but close. My, 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 I was just wondering, you know, what the AMA is going to do with weight limits going in the future, because it seems like regardless of whether you like the air forks or, or not, that's kind of where the industry is headed. And it, it seems almost inevitable that at some point the KTMs are going to come with both the yeah. air suspension front and rear. Yeah, I don't if know. they're another seven, eight pounds lighter. Well, yeah, that's exactly it. You know, a few years ago, the weight the weight limit was raised. Uh, a lot of the teams were, um, you know, a little concerned with what was going on, and the arms race to lose weight is just is just spending money. You can just spend money. So the AMA went from two seventeen to two twenty, uh, where it weight raised the weight limit three pounds. Uh, I don't know, maybe four years ago or something, and um, you know now they're below that right now. So it's pretty pretty incredible. You know the the air suspension debate. I, it's it, it it is really a debate. It's cheaper for the manufacturer to uh, to to produce. So you know that way their profits look bigger on production bikes. But I don't know, man. I got a lot of buddies that ride that that never check anything. You know what I mean? Don't check their air pressure. So now you're gonna run into guys having to check their their front, their rear spring, their air thing, everything else. Um, it's kind of a it's, it's it's a definite debate. There's no doubt about it. Like whether it's a good thing or not, I have no idea. Um, yeah. yeah, it, uh, it, it, I don't know. I can, I go, I go either way on it. It'll be interesting to see what we're doing, but I don't think there's any doubt that Shorty is running the air stuff right now. Um, basically a little bit of a test mule for, you know, Dunge and, and, and Dean Wilson and whoever else they have, um, down the road, you know what I mean? Um, because they looking, they're looking like they want to, uh, uh, obviously have that on for performance wise. And, um, yeah, it, it, I just think Dunge is a little sketched to, uh, a little sketched out on having it. He had that DNF, and you know, you never know what can. Uh, well, and that's what, what I was happen. wondering about. Is it, I just kind of at first I felt sorry for Shorty. I was like, oh yeah, no, he's he's the test mule, and he gets all this stuff that he's got to test and DNF with. But he really feels like it's an advantage for him. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, no, absolutely, he loves it. Yeah, he, I mean, he's not forced to, uh, not forced to use it. He chose to use it. I mean, they asked him. He tried it. He likes it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's working out well. You know, I mean, I'm just I'm just not. I don't know if it's going to be good for the average person. I don't know if air forks are good for the average person or not. You know, it's uh, I don't know. It's a it's an interesting debate, no doubt about it. Other question uh, was I know you guys went to the enduro cross last week. Yeah. And I was interested in your take on that. You know, I know the topic is always, what do you change in Supercross to make it better? 
Yeah. And uh, I went to one of my first enduro crosses a little bit ago, and I loved it. You know, it was a fantastic show. Yeah. And one of the takeaways that I had was, well, it's a lot slower, a lot more technical. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times you don't know who's going to win the race until the very last corner. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. But the big takeaway I had was, you know what? None of the riders are getting hurt. And yeah. I remember, I think it was peeing a long time ago in one of his Racer X articles. He wrote an article about how the human body is really designed to only take hits up to about 25 miles an hour, which is you know, about as fast, top-end fast speed as you can run at. And if you add some protective gear, you can get it up to about 35. But mm-hmm. when you start hitting the ground faster than 35 miles an hour, things start getting yeah. messed up. And yeah. uh, so I thought, you know, that, there's your answer right there. That's you, we got we got to slow the tracks down, make it more technical. That's the key to better racing. Then I watched Daytona. Yeah. And I watched Tomac do, you know, fourth gear wide open wheelies through the whoops. I'm like, no, 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 we need more speed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, I don't yeah, know, yeah. but I just, I enjoyed the, the Enduro Cross show, and I don't know if you if you saw some things there that you could transfer over to, to Supercross. Yeah, I've seen probably half a dozen to, to ten Enduro Crosses in my life, and I love them. They're great. Um, they are carnage. It's just, you know, it's unbelievable. If anything, the, the the worst thing is you don't really know what position anybody's in because there's such a small track and there's so many mistakes. But the, the guys are getting lapped so quick. You, you're not you're, you're like, is that the leader? Is he still leading? Did something happen? Did I miss something? It's certainly exciting. It, it's a it's a really cool form of entertainment. If anybody wants to go check it out, if it's in their area, go go. I I, I recommend it. Um, I don't. I I mean, obviously. Something uh, the bikes have gotten better than ever. They're faster than ever, and uh, you have a point about the injuries. I've often thought that yeah, we should. You know, we talked about this. I think on a Moto sixty show a couple weeks ago. Like maybe there should be some sort of governors put into these four fifties. I mean, they can jump out of the stadium if they want to. You know, um, I think there should be more dirt used, bigger obstacles. Now, bigger also could mean more dangerous, but bigger could be could mean making them taller and slower. You know, and you makes. You yeah. slow the bikes down a little bit with more dirt, taller obstacles. I definitely think there's a tad. Th- there's there's Supercross has been hurt by having 450s in, in in introduced into all the stadiums. You know they used to used to have to be pretty pretty perfect to clear a triple um, out of a cor- corner in a rhythm section on a 252 stroke, hit your marks right. Um, you know everything else, and now it's just one of those things that. Kind of got, a guy could sit at the base and just open open the throttle and just you know clear something right away. So um, I don't know. It's a good debate. I'm not. I don't have the answer. I think you're right though. I think that uh, the bikes are getting fast and there's getting more and more injuries um, than we used to have. I think. Not really sure. I'd have to look in the data and see if, it, see if it backs up. I remember plenty of injuries in the two stroke days too. I mean, Supercross is just dangerous. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. It's certainly something to think about. Um, I just, I'd say, bring in more dirt and try that first, and try to try to work with the tracks and you know and everything else. So, yeah. so all right. Well, all I appreciate right. you guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. Yeah. Interesting uh, thoughts on there on the uh, on on the track and the design and the enduro cross, which is always real exciting. Uh, hey, let's welcome to the show Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show presented by Nfab. He's a Transworld Motocross editor and putting out some really quality content these days. We've had him on here before, and uh, welcome to the show, Michael Antonovich. How are you? Good. How's it going, man? Good. What's going on today? Are you... Oh, nothing. Just uh, moto this morning, and then now headed back down to the office. You going to uh, Indy this weekend? No, I'm not. Not this going. Is the first one I'll know. Oh. Not this one, but then Detroit, St. Louis. This is the only one I'm missing this year, it sounds like. So, 
Um, yeah, of course you'll be going to St. Louis. That's your that's your his house. Yeah, this kind of sucks though to not go to Indy because it's three hours from home. So my whole family comes over, but I've kind of got to tap out right now and save my like hang out with my wife. So right, right, right. We'll skip one. We'll skip one. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, uh, you just got back from a long time in Florida. I don't even know how long you were there for, but um, what were some of the highlights? What where'd you go? What what what'd you think? And and yeah, what were some of your highlights from going down there? Um, I went like on two separate trips. So the first one was 10 days with Jordan Powell, our video guy. And then the other one was just this past weekend for Daytona. And I went out a bit early and we went to Alden's place. We went to Chad's place and we went to Ricky's and to see all three of them and shoot there. It's so much different than shooting anywhere in California because it's green and it's wide open. Uh, I think Chad's track was the coolest thing. It just, it's a real bummer. He can't run the go-karts because I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so just seeing this pristine track set there with nothing on it, it's kind of a letdown. But I know he wants to get back on it, too. I would say that was probably the best one. And then to shoot all the guys at Alden's place, I mean, it's yeah. like shooting a main event already. Right. Three guys firing off the line at the same time. So how'd you it's all f- good. How would you feel about the all the three guys working together, uh, three or four guys working together at Alden's? How did that seem? It seems good. They're all pushing each other, and they all, like, give positive reinforcement you know everybody's stoked on the other guy and they just keep hammering out laps like dungy will hit a section and then instead of if they're working on sections instead of just hitting it and then going back and doing it over he'll link together a few more mm-hmm. just to get more practice in and then marvin's technique is super smooth and jason yeah. just attacks the track really well so yeah it's it's fun to just watch the best guys in the world do what they do yeah, what about hey, what if you're, if you're somebody like Chad Reed? You roll out the door of a of a beautiful workshop, you know, with the air conditioning and, and the sofa and then the, all the tools you can need, and you roll out and there's two supercross tracks you can choose from to go yeah, ride. That were brand new. Yeah, brand new that day. Right, so right. They had never ridden them before. They let Burner cut them in, and yeah. figure it out, and then jumped right in behind them. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, the interesting thing, his first track that they rode on was a complete replica of Atlanta 2. Right. So, I mean, a little bit different because there was no sand, but he figured that one out pretty quickly. Yeah. And then the second one, like, for Burner not to race anymore, he's still fast. He could still make a main event. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. He was doing sections that Chad was doing, like, right behind him. Chad tried it twice, and then Burner went right for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. The, the, I mean, um, honestly, I'll be surprised if Burner doesn't get into a couple races this year at some point. You know what I mean? Um Yeah. Uh, what about the uh, uh, going to RCs? How was the farm? Um, who, was, who was there? What was going on? I missed everybody riding by a day because uh, Thursday was calling for rain. Mm-hmm. So it was just Joey Sabachi and Alex Fry. So those two guys were riding, and that was kind of a last-minute deal. Joey sent me a text at like 9 o'clock at night on Wednesday when I was in Orlando that he was going to shoot, and I needed to be there by like 8.30 in the morning. And Tallahassee to Orlando is like four and a half hours. Yeah. So checking out of my hotel at four in the morning to make it in time. And oh. we got everything we needed done just in time before the rain hit and then oh. drove over to Daytona. So yeah, it was a long week. Yeah, I think it was like just shy of 2000 miles in a rental car. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's some serious, serious work. Um, it's interesting to see these guys during the week too, a little more relaxed, aren't they? A little more. Hanging oh, yeah. out. Yeah. It's a little yeah, cause like race day is just so much different. You know, we, uh, we rented bicycles and then, followed Ken and Brock on a recovery ride mm-hmm. and just to see it, you know, it's not like hammering it out all the time. They're like joking and having fun and it's good. It's good to see guys in their own. Element. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a neat it's a neat deal. How about uh, I don't know, have you ever been to Chad's house when the outdoor track is in full swing? Not yet. We were bummed because he was trying to get uh, Truman's 125s back. Oh yeah, I guess they blew them up. Right, and so we missed them riding those by a few days. Oh but, you know, yeah, I, I want to go back. I'm planning on going back down through Florida and Texas and North Carolina. Yeah, in the spring, his outdoor track is just—it's long, it's sandy, it's got these huge jumps on it, and it's real picturesque. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're just, oh man, it's it's a moto moto playground, no doubt. That one big step up in the in the middle of the track, yeah, is like there's no way in hell I would do it. Yeah, no, no, I, I mean, the, yeah, the penalty for missing the jumps at his track is just you die. That's it. Yeah. Um, That's it. hey, uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, this coming up. Uh, Indy, the big news, Kenny Roxon out for three weeks, uh, which Anton isn't a real big surprise. It's kind of been going downhill for a little while for him, and the team and Kenny are making a smart decision to uh, to rest it, huh? Yeah, for sure. I mean, knowing the stuff that they were going through before he would even go ride every day with Doc G, like before the races and stuff, mm-hmm. and then just to keep re-aggravating it, I mean, I don't think he, if he really did hurt it back in Oakland, three weeks of just slamming it off the ground or into the wall or right. in the rut really didn't help. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, I, and I'm, and I'm of the opinion, like, Hey, you, uh, if he comes back and he's still, not, it's not a hundred percent and it's still a little sketchy, park him to the outdoors, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause they have a lot more on the line there than they do now. I mean, yeah. they kind of know it, and it's unfortunate for how strong Ken started, but mm-hmm. he's out of the title as it is now. So there's no point in, getting hurt in those last three. I mean, Ivan's been testing the outdoor bike already. Just get to work on that and defend the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, uh, who do you think – so, look, Roxon's out. Uh, we, you know, kind of we have the big three of Dungy, Kennard, and Tomac. Although I definitely think that Chad can get in the mix and Chad can make a podium um, or even maybe grab another win on the year. But who do you think, Antonovich, Michael Antonovich from uh, Transworld Motocross, who's going to be the next – First-time winner this year. Who do you think could stand on top of the of the box uh, the remaining seven rounds? Is there somebody that is going to join the club of uh, Dungy, Kennard, Tomac, and Reed, and Roxon, of course? I don't know necessarily that they'll win, but you have a handful of guys that could make the podium. You know, I mean, from Brock and Cole showing how well they've ran the last few weeks, and then Blake as well. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have three guys that could add to the podium, but... I don't know if they're there yet to win. And I think that they would kind of know that, too. But, yeah. I mean, if you watch Cole and Brock ride these last few weeks, they're on another level compared to years past. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it, It's going to be hard to be like, the all-out speed that Trey and Eli and Ryan and Chad can put down for 20 yeah. laps, especially if you've never done it before. I, I could see I could see Seeley winning. I really could. I don't know about I don't know. Jason Anderson obviously had that second at the opening round, but he hasn't had a lot of flash since then. He's been steady, top ten every race and everything else. But I could see Seeley, you know, maybe with a couple bad starts. Although pff, lately with Ryan Dungey, I don't know if he's ever gotten a bad start this year. But uh, Seeley's certainly somebody I could see that could could pull off a win. Yeah, especially like if you look at how he did last year too. I mean, if you yeah. think back to Indy. And he was just a 450 guy for a fill-in ride. Then he did really well. So yep. that's kind of that's the good thing, though. This year has been so surprising. Like I thought, like there's no way that somebody's going to come back from a huge gap on the guy ahead of him, and then it's a fight to the finish line on the last few laps. So yeah, anything can happen. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I feel like Tomac's kind of breaking out of his. I mean, two straight second places, kind of breaking out of that little rut he was in with the battle with Chad that was 
maybe taking a bit of his mind off and causing a few crashes here and there. But two runner-ups, uh, I could see Tomac getting back on top here shortly. Yeah, especially when you look at lap times, and he's always one of the guys that's up there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's un, it's a, it's more unusual to see Eli out of the top five when time qualifying is over. Oh, you yeah. always know he's a yeah. he's a threat for a heat race win, and if everything goes his way, he can definitely get a win. And I think if Tomac gets a if Canard gets a start, I think it, it's over too. I think he can definitely just run off and hide. But the big thing with him has just been starts. Yeah, yeah. Once Trey gets up front, he just can lay it on for 20 laps and not worry about it. It's just when he has to fight through the pack and then Ryan takes off, it's been a bit of a struggle these last few weeks. I mean, he went from being down in the first turn with Brock to mm-hmm. a top 10 finish at Daytona this weekend, which yeah. is huge, especially on a track that seemed pretty hard to pass on. Yeah, absolutely. 702-586-7857. You got a question for myself myself or Michael Antonovich from Transworld. Let's get to some phone lines here. Matt, what's going on, man? You want to talk about the seven deuce deuce? Yeah, man. Do you think with uh, Roxon being out, Josh Hill being out this weekend, that uh, Adam can slide into the main event this weekend? I think he's right there, man. Uh, no Roxon this weekend. No Josh Hill. Uh, probably out of Brayton, though. I think Brayton will be back this weekend. Uh, forgot about him. Uh, um, but yeah, he's certainly right there. I mean, looking at the guys in the main event, Killy Russ, good good guy, uh, great rider. But you know, I don't wouldn't put a stamp on him being in every main event. And same with Nick Schmidt. Anton Knapp or Alex Ray, I got to think, are, are the guys that can get in there, be the next guys that can get their first mains of the year. Uh, what do you think, Atonovich? Yeah, I mean, if you look at those, if you look at Alex two or three years ago and look at how well he's doing now, and Adam, too, Adam had to come back from injury from last year, and the first part of the season was a bit of a struggle, but he seems like he's on it now. You know, there's a lot of good, good guys. It's hard to make a fantasy lineup because you don't know who to put in any of those spots, really. Yeah, I think. Uh... It's the order's hard. Matt, the biggest thing with the seven deuce deuce, man, is his starts. Like, I, I don't know. I, I can remember, like, one race where he, his starts were on point and he was getting a top five around the first turn. But other than that, I mean, he's just he's not a good enough rider to, you know, come from way back to, to get into a qualifying spot. He's no offense to him. He's just not on that level of a Josh Grant or somebody or, or you know, a, a Tickle or somebody that can ride to the front. He has to get a start like 98% of the other races out there, and his starts have sucked, Matt. So, yeah. You well, know? I'm going to put him in my fantasy league this week, just hoping uh, he gets in. So. Oh, that's good. Good, Nice to have faith right there, no doubt. Heck, yeah. Uh, but I'm going to head to Indy here shortly, and hope to see everybody there. Uh, make sure you tell the seven-deuce deuce you put him in the main if you, when you see him. Will do. Um, all right. It's, uh, Mo- Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB, Michael Antonovich on the phone. Hey, uh, let's switch a little bit to the 250s, Anton. Um it's been tough for Pro Circuit, man. It has been a tough – well, okay, the 250 E-Series last year, they were okay. They didn't get a title. All their guys got hurt. But bottom line, they didn't win a title. Uh, Tonus will be out this weekend from what we hear. Savachi's, you know, not on the top three guys' pace. And the West Coast with Bowers went okay. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been a tough little bit for, Pro, for Monster Pro Circuit. Yeah, but – there's a lot of elements that are going into like the problems with Mitch's team. I mean, Tonus, I think was a big surprise through Arlington and at the first Atlanta with how well he qualified. And now this medical stuff is really hampering him. Mm-hmm. He couldn't get a, he, he had really a lot of trouble getting clean laps in on the first part of each main event. So it's a bummer to see him out because they just didn't, just didn't think. And before Arlington, he wasn't really riding with all the internal injuries he suffered. And, and then, you know, that stuff with his hand, 
when him and Tonus landed on each other in uh, yeah. the first Atlanta didn't help either. But Joey's, like, picked it up. But, yeah, the good thing about Mitch, though, I saw what you wrote, that, you know, he's not down. He, he knows this is, like, just another year, and they got to fight through it. And yeah. They could be really fast come the national. You know, he's got a really young team. Well, he's got Adam Cicerello. Let's 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 yeah. not kid. There's a lot of hope. There's a lot of uh, hope on that kid's uh, shoulders. No, yeah. no pun intended. Um, you know, he 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 can win. He can win supercross. He can win outdoors. Everything else, he just has to stay healthy. I think. But yeah, I it, I mean, I think for Mitch's team this year, they're really really fast guys. But it's guys that are just kind of. I wouldn't say I would say wild cards really. I mean, Bowers, you know, will be fast, but he's a big guy in a, in that class. Mm-hmm. It's Aldridge's rookie year. It's Tonus's rookie year, and Joey missed all of last year in Supercross with a broken wrist. Yeah. You know, it's been a while. It's a lot. It's like a rebuilding year, I would say. Muskan, Bogle, and Martin have been on the podium in some order in three out of the four races, including the last three. Savachi can get in there. Is there somebody else? Um. Not sure. I mean, Rodriguez is fast, <laughs> yeah. but he's just, like, a bit off. And Jimmy is improving, especially after those first few, how rough they went for him. But it's going to be hard to beat those, like, those four guys. You know, it's, it's they're on a different level, and you can see that they're just flying, you know. Yeah. You like Muskan to win this, like most uh, most human beings? Yeah. For the title or for this weekend? No, for the title. Yeah, He's had it's a long time coming for Marvin. I mean, a lot of people forget that he's a two-time you know world champion, that and that every year he comes into Supercross, he's in, he's been injured or had to miss races. So it's you know it's his time, and it's no better time than now because this is his last year in the class. Yeah, yeah, he's got to move up after this, which I, I think he's the plan is to just move on to four fifties for that for that team, so they'll have three guys. Yeah, um, we'll have... yeah, and then he would be from what I've heard, he would beat the last factory two fifty guy. He would what? I think he would be like the last KTM Factory 250 guy, like under the tent, and then it would kind of go to Troy Lee or wherever. Oh, oh, like maybe they move Hill over, or Hill has a has a one year deal. Oh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, on that. okay. I forgot about Josh. I forgot about Justin. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show presented by NFAB. Antonovich, have you seen these new Fly boots? This, the the I just practiced in them. Oh, you did! Fantastic. I you, did. You like them? I do. They broke right in. Yeah, that's what I heard. It doesn't take long, right? No. Uh, no. Pre- I was, like, was kind of worried because I've had issues in brand-new boots before, but mm-hmm. I kind of wore them around the house last night and broke them in a bit there and then went out and did a couple motos and never missed my brake or the shift lever or anything. Oh, fantastic. Look, we didn't even talk about this beforehand. You're just moving product. We're there. Just We're there. Testimonial. It was, fly head to, it was fly head to toe today. Helmet, gear, boots, all of it. Torsion control system, slip-on inner booty, positive latch aluminum buckles, flyracing.com. Take a look at uh, these guys in their new sector boot. And, of course, the official gear of the 7 Deuce Deuce, Andrew Short, Trey Kennard, Justin Brayton, Jimmy Albertson, Weston Pike. Crap, just about half the field where it's fly racing. And at the track or on the trail, the hottest-looking, hardest-working truck accessories are NFAB, from step systems and light mounting solutions to bumpers and Jeep gear. NFAB has you covered n-fab.com uh antonovich i'm gonna put you a bit on the spot here but um what's your biggest surprise in 450 supercross so far i'm not i don't know i would think like because i've thought about it a lot lately and it's hard to pinpoint one thing Mm -hmm. but just how 
unpredictable this year has been. I mean, if so many guys winning, I wouldn't think that Ryan would have as big of a point lead as he does right now. That's a bit surprising, and that yeah. might be the biggest thing. Yeah. But then it sucks, though, too, if you would think that if Chad scored just a few points at Anaheim, too, how different the championship would be then. Yeah, that black flag, well, actually not the black flag, but the the crash just by the no Trey. Point. Yeah, the, well, or the crash by Trey. He probably would have got on the podium that night. He was flying. You give yeah. uh, you give you give Trey ten fifteen more points than what he got because I think he got tenth that night. You give Chad eighteen points. You know he's in the mix now. Um, yeah. You know there's lots lots of different things, a lot of different outcomes from that one small uh, deal at, way back in Anaheim. You're right about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like thinking about that last night. It would be way different. And we all kind of know that when Ryan gets in front and he can just start putting in good finishes and good race results he'll win a championship. It's always what he does. And for him to have a huge lead like he has now has probably been the biggest surprise. I mean, I figured he'd win. I just didn't think it would be by this much. Do you think that Ryan Dungy has stepped it up this year? Or is it just a case of no James Stewart, no Ryan Villapoto? I don't know. It might be a bit of both. (laughs) I think it is. I think it is, too. I think it is. Just because, I mean, he's always been fast. We've always thought, like, yeah, if he just takes it to another level and, and... he seems like he's put together all the pieces with the bike and with not having to worry about setting up his own training program and, mm-hmm. and having Ryan and having James out, you know, he can really shine through it. Just It's just like he was when he's winning championships, you know. You know he's going to be the guy to watch. Yeah, yeah, I think that bike is good too. I think it's really yeah. good. It's a solid bike. It's a solid machine. It's helped him a lot. Um, biggest surprise in 250s? Um. I don't know. And on either coast or just east? East. On the east coast right now. Um, I would say maybe Jeremy Martin, just because, like, we always knew he could ride Supercross, but he's mm-hmm. riding Supercross, like, exceptionally well this year. Right. Yeah, you true. I, although I was surprised at Daytona. I mean, he caught right up to Bogle, and I thought, oh, it's just any minute now he's going to make the pass and, and go on to get second. And, man, he started making some big mistakes once he get up on Bogle, like, almost like he got tired. I mean, that's something that JT thought. But uh, it was weird to see him go backwards like that. Yeah. Yeah, you are right on that. But, so, like, to see how bad last year went and then for him to, you know, regroup and mm-hmm. then win a race in Vegas and then win a main event in Atlanta just heads up. He figured out what he's doing, and working down at the Carmichael Farm now has really, really helped him up. Helped yeah, him out and, a lot. and Alex is down there, too, now. I just talked to Alex this weekend. He's down there, too. Yeah. So the, uh, the Martin brothers training and working together, kind of like Rocky and Apollo a little bit. Or maybe not, but a little, maybe not that one. <laughs> All right, hey, let's take a phone call here from Nick. Nick's been, he's been on hold for a while. Nick, thanks for calling the uh, Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. What's up? Hey, thanks for having me. I've got a got a list of notes here. I kind of want to go over, so you cut me off when you're ready. Okay. I've got uh, the first thing I want to talk about is drug testing. Um, one, does the MXGP do any type of drug testing protocols? They do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then I also wanted to see if they've been doing drug testing on the Supercross series this year. Well, did they do any, Anton? I think I remember one one weekend they had guys had. I don't know yet. I don't know. I thought because I mean, I did that huge feature about it a few months back Mm -hmm. and uh, researched it pretty heavily. But to my knowledge, I haven't seen anybody get tested yet, and I've asked a couple people, and they haven't said anything. Now there are a couple guys on the on the whereabouts program that can be tested at any time, but. I'm not really 100% sure if anybody's gotten tested in competition. Yeah, I can't. Do you know what that list is? Yeah, do you know uh, who's on it? 
I'm trying to think. I it was uh, no, I don't. I can't remember right offhand, but I know there are a couple guys on. Yeah, there's it, two, I'm two do a feature on it. Two guys picked every year to be on it. Every um, year, it's part of the. It's a deal with WADA and USADA. They have to have at least two guys. Uh, the FIM has done it like through Supercross for quite a while. I want to say that I remember a Supercross race where the guys were late getting in for interviews because they were, you know, doing their pee test for, for, for the drug test. Um, but I'm not 100% sure on that, um, Nick, but yeah. uh, I thought there might have okay. been. So um, there's been, you know, there's been a little bit of talk. I don't know if this is gaining any traction with Stewart possibly getting, uh, getting his ban lifted for some of the nationals. Uh, I haven't heard that. I know he he filed an appeal, and right now he's on track. He could race the last two, I believe. Uh, Anton, what do you know? Yeah, as far as I know, it's still just to race those last two when the ban comes up. But uh, And then he did file an appeal that I'd heard that from a couple people as well, but I haven't heard of anything concrete. I mean, he might be testing for the team and everything, so they have a, a setup, but I haven't heard if he'll be on the line at Hangtown or not for sure. I, I asked his team manager, Mike Webb, about it, and he just said, I don't know. I have no idea. So even uh, he such a bummer. Yeah, even he didn't know. So ask, I ask me what the biggest surprise is. What's that? My- in- Ask me what my biggest surprise in the 450 season is. All right, Nick, what's your biggest surprise in the 450 season? Oh, it's Davey Millsaps. How is he doing so poorly? Yeah, it's been rough, man. It's been rough. We were doing our uh, NFAB Fantasy Moto Show and talking about whether we think he can break the top 10 or not. That's where we're at with Davey Millsaps. I know. And, uh, you know, I put him as my winner at Anaheim 1 on Moto Dynasty, yeah. which you need to fix, by the way. Um, I'll keep tweeting you until you do. What? What do I need to do? Uh, we need to get the first round in the Pulpamex crew. Uh, I'm not aware of this. Did not know that it didn't count or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. So Nit- um, Nitro Nick 600, I've got like average of like, you know, 425 points a week, which is by far the, far, the best. Um, but I'm still sitting in 16th because I didn't get my points from Anaheim 1. Yeah, I don't there know. There was no Pulpamex crew league. Yeah, it's that's terrible. Heartbreaking. God, um, literally the worst. Uh, yeah, Anton, Davey Millsaps, tough year. Yeah. Didn't uh, you had him on the show recently? Didn't he say he's still fighting, or is he just still overcoming what illness he had at the start of the year? No, he said he was a hundred percent. He could finally start working on it a little bit, you know. Well, but good. yeah, yeah, I don't think those like Atlanta crash, like the Arlington crash, and then the crash in practice at Atlanta helped at all either. He just seems like he just keeps taking hit after hit. Oh, it's it's rough. And I, I wrote this in my column this week. Have you seen him after the race to even really talk to him much? He is gone. I've tried a couple times, and I've. Like, nothing against Davey, but I've just given up because I don't want to be the guy that keeps asking him how his weekend was if it's not been good. Yeah. And then he starts hating me. And I um, and I go there, and he's gone. You know, like, he's yeah. just checked out right away. It hasn't been a good year for, for them, for them, Nick. Uh, Tits, what are you going to say? say? Is anybody else as extremely baffled as I am as to why he literally is unable to talk about what sickness it is? Is yeah. anyone else think it's just BS? I don't know. Is there, yeah. Could there be any chance that he's just... I can't say anything, but because there wasn't anything, he just he just wasn't writing well. I'm with you. Really weird. Like, why wouldn't you tell people? He it doesn't said, make any. He kind of dropped some hints that Cowie didn't want people to know. But why wouldn't they? We're all okay with like whatever it is wrong with him. People get sick. People it's get not a sick. Problem. Maybe it's something like personal. You know, I don't know. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. I don't know. It's none of our business that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's like you couldn't come to the Fly Moto 60 show because your herpes broke out or something like. Yeah. I don't know, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of, maybe it's one of those things where it's just none of our business. 
It's true. You know, I, I don't. I'm not saying that's that, but I don't know. That's why I kind of. So, as me as a journalist, and I don't know about you, Anton, journalist, air quotes. I kind of like yeah. I. I lightly tread there. I don't. It's none of yeah. my business. You know. Well, there's a lot because as far as long as we never have an injury report like they do in other sports, we'll never know. And you have to keep in mind that every guy lining up has probably got some kind of ache or pain or small injury that would, you know, have to be mentioned. But, you know, if baby does have a really serious illness and it's something that just you have to fight through, like I've had mono and Epstein bar and stuff like that. I lost 20 pounds. I couldn't do anything for six months. You know, I'd hate to think about how bad it is if, if he had something yeah. similar, you know, and, yeah. just, and you have to fight, you train and race every weekend and all the travel and stuff. I mean, I was just some idiot behind the desk. <laughs> I don't want to put him on blast, but it's it's really not fair to the people like me that are big fans of him to just hear, oh, I'm, you know, it, it's really not fair to us. Yeah, but I mean, it, you know, I mean, but I agree with you. One but, thing yeah. you got to one thing you got to keep in mind, though, he's probably not the only one saying that there's something wrong. There's probably things wrong with other people that they just never tell you about. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, All guys. Right. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. We got a few lines open here on the Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show presented by Infab. Some of the guys on hold. I just really don't like your questions, so I'm not going to go there. Um, I don't find them interesting. But step it up, people. Seven zero two five eight six Pulp. Um, give us a call. So uh, going into Indy this weekend, I don't know, Anton. Did you get a chance to look at the track map? A little bit. It's, the thing about Indy, though, I mean, it's a full size football stadium, but it's always a tight track. Yeah. It's the same track as A2, A1, or Atlanta 1, and Dallas. It's the same layout. Again, triple on Seriously? the end. Yeah, yeah. It's wow. it's kind of like, come on, guys. What are you doing? Maybe I didn't. I guess I didn't pay attention to it that close. Yeah. But, yeah, I always, I've gone to Indy almost every year but one in the last seven years. Mm-hmm. So, it's always, ever since they've been to Lucas Oil, it's a really tight layout. You know, mm-hmm. short start straight away. Uh, standard football stadium, but it just seems really close. Yeah. Hey, what have you heard about Barsha? Still going to be a few weeks away, right? Yeah, because, yeah, still a few weeks away. So Phil's in this weekend and Weston's in. But it sounds like Phil's just kind of like racing until he gets word that he's not. Yeah, pretty much, right? Pretty much. Um, Hey, what do you make of Pike's uh, um, uh, ride so far? I mean, he's run up front. He's got a bad knee and everything else, but he's kind of fading to the back. When do you think he'll have his fitness ready? And when do you think we can maybe, I mean... I think he can make a podium if he's fitness-wise, but when do we start saying, hey, what's going on? Why can't he, he get stronger? Um, I don't know, maybe later in the year or especially during the national, just because I think he's been a pretty big surprise throughout this whole season. I mean, if you look at Phoenix, he almost got a podium and then got hurt and then mm-hmm. had to come back through that. And I don't like the time that he's spent on the East Coast. I guess it's been rained out or snowed out a few different ways because of the weather there. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's not getting all the bike time that other people are getting. But I would think maybe before the end of the year, Vegas, when everybody else seems to taper off, Weston could really strike around then. You know, Santa Clarita or Santa Clara or New Jersey. Those last three or four, I think, yeah. he could do. Pretty surpri- and definitely for the Nationals. Pretty surprising, huh? How far this, I mean, for the dude, far this guy's coming. ride with a completely blown out knee, knee it's, it's unreal. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Um, it's been a real story. I mean, he was so fast on the whoops in Daytona. And, yeah. you know, the bikes are good. He gets good starts on them. So uh, people should, if you're one of the top contender guys, you're going to have to deal with Weston Pike probably all year because he, mm-hmm. he doesn't sort of know his place, that he, he runs as hard as he can, as fast as he can. 
until his fitness goes, and then it's one of those things, you know. Like, you know, you have, I think the eight hundred gets a start and kind of kind of defers to those guys a little bit. I don't see any of that going on with Weston. No, no. I mean, Weston's going to fight for whatever he's got. Uh, what do you think about uh, Filthy Phil's season so far? I like Phil a lot, and he can get really good starts. And he's just, you know, he's still just training and riding and everything like that. But it's got to be hard for him to jump into a season a couple weeks in and then try to find a place where guys have already been doing what they're doing and then, you know, on a few weeks off to start testing for the Nationals as well. He's got a lot on his plate, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be a little tough, right? Yeah. I mean, to think that San Diego was his Anaheim one and everybody had already been racing for over a month. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's take some calls before we let you go, uh, um, Anton here. Clint, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Good, what's happening? Uh, just got a question for you. I know how you like to always say these riders are so mental. They are. Do you think that with, with Dungy on the run he's running, are these guys, like, done mentally? Are they beat down? I mean, I know maybe not a guy like Chad Reed, but he's not in the championship hunt anymore. Like, are they done no, I, I don't think so. I think there was a bit of that with Ryan Villapoto. You know, it was like, okay. oh, this guy, I can't beat him. He's so strong. But I don't think Tomac or Kennard or Reed, I don't think they fear Dungy or intimidated by Dungy or in the least. I, I just, I think Ryan's obviously got the most wins in the series and he's got a huge points lead. But I don't know. What do you think, Anton? Yeah, I wouldn't say that they're done. They'll push it until, I mean, the championship's locked up because they want to make their point there's a lot of guys yeah. that still want to fight for it and then you have to think they still have another a full summer to go to so it's I, not like they're going to roll over just yet i just think dungy starts have been so great you know and the other guys haven't they just that's and that's such a huge part of racing nowadays you know so yeah, yeah I mean, even if he yeah and i just look at win, the point and i just see 10 15 points he's gaining over the rest of the guys every weekend it's like boom boom you know like has ryan jumped jump. out of the top five yet this year no, his horse was a fourth, no, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Typically, I mean, not, nothing against Ryan, but typically at this point in the year, he's had a bad night, and he hasn't had that yet, and all of his competition has. But don't they know he's not? Like, don't they think mentally, like, it's not going to happen? Because it oh, just it doesn't it very totally often? It could, it could totally happen for Ryan. I mean, he's, he's had weird things before, just like a simple crash or, you know, whatever. It, it yeah. could, or shock doesn't, it's shock, probably not air gonna, shock doesn't work. Something, yeah, something. But right. he can recover and still score some points. I mean, they could cut into his point lead, however many it's, it's at now. They could, I think it's forty or something. They could cut into that, but it's kind of okay. surprising I mean, that he's gone this far without a mistake. It's or just a, a crash, or yeah, a tip over or a bad start. Everybody's made mistakes, but Ryan, you know, yeah, uh, and that's then that's the difference right there. And and right now, I don't know if he's going to make him any. You know, he's just he doesn't make him very races, often. So. Two mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly, Clint. I don't see that happening. Hey, Clint, you want to win a uh, Fly Neat Freak back- backpack? Oh, absolutely. Sweet. Uh, good call. Thanks for calling. Uh, stay on hold. Tits will get your information, and uh, you win the backpack. Clint wins the backpack. Hooray. We gave it away. Um, Anton, can you stay on hold? Can you stay with us for a little bit while longer? JT's got crappy service, so. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Okay, let's get to Dustin here. Dustin, what's up? Thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. No worries. What's, what's your question? Um, 
I just had a question with, uh, say, when Ricky was with Alden and then James, and then when RV first started with him, I know they had, RV had, um, you know, was it uh, Rattray and Weimer with him at first, but why has, do you think Alden's changed from, say, just a one-rider trainer to basically a full team? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? The little switch he's done here. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, Anton, you, you know you know why Alden's decided to do this? I know he wants to open up his own facility and everything else, but, uh, yeah. you know. Like, they have, from what I heard when I was down there, they have plans to add a few more tracks, because right now they're just limited to the one, to the one Supercross track. But you have to think, too, like, when Ricky really buckled down, that was the first guy that had done it in years, you know, compared yeah. to the party 90s era. And then Alvin just, I guess maybe people paid the price that they needed to get him to be exclusive with him. But, yeah, I mean, I may be wrong, too, but I think KTM has paid him a lot of money to hire their guys, to, to you know, to work with their guys. So, I mean, if the money's there, I'm sure he'll train as ever many people as he wants to. Yeah, I think it's been interesting to see with Roxon breaking away from Baker whether Dean Wilson ends up going into with Alden now. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happening. That was sort of yeah, a, not at all. That was sort of the uh, the the thing that held Dean up from joining, being the full KTM thing. So, yeah, and I think Dustin too. Like I think you know, financially wise for Alden, it's just better. More guys, more clients. More, you know, the facility there. It's. I think it's. I think if if I'm talking to Alden, I think it gets, he wants to get to a point where maybe he's not having to go to the races every single weekend. He, he wants to have uh, uh, a few guys. Um, Maybe underneath him, trainers and such to uh, to represent him at the races, you know. So I, guess I was just curious if they had so many riders, if you know, if you might start to see things reflect on, you know, technique or anything. Maybe Swain from you know spreading him so thin between riders, but yeah. you know, he's probably got such a good foundation on what he's done so far. It probably doesn't affect you know I, him as probably as much as you may think. I know he told me like he felt like Ryan Ryan had won Ryan Villapoto. We're talking about Ryan had won a bunch of races. Uh, a bunch of titles and the grind of going out to the farm and doing the work. Uh, Cincerillo was around, but you know he was quite a bit younger. Alden felt like it was getting Ryan was getting a little bit bored and a little bit of uh, just kind of settled in a little bit. So he really went after the Roxon thing and got Kenny on board last season and uh, thought that it would help during the week to make things more interesting. It would add another dynamic to the group because these guys they do everything together. They they go they train all day. They they get on the bicycle together. They go to the track together. And Alden thought that Kenny might bring a little bit more enthusiasm to the program. Like for example, like Alden said that that uh, RV would never go out and just do like if, if there were uh, media guys there, you couldn't get him to go do whips. You couldn't get him to. He would just do his motos, pull in, go home. You know what I mean? And all and Roxon would keep riding and try to string together a section and a transfer here and there for fun because he's, you know, a kid and it's it's still new to him. And Alden thought that Villapoto could use some of that. Now, I don't know whether it worked or not. I mean, Ryan captured another Supercross title, but, you know, then decided he was burnt out anyways and wanted to go. But uh, that was sort of Alden's thinking, and I think he's he's thinking the same thing now. Hey, Jason Anderson, Marvin Muskin, new guys, new attitudes, different variations of things, and, you know. So it's all um, all kind of a part of Alden Baker's master plan. I got it. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Michael Antonovich on the line from Trans World. Uh, speaking of that article you did, uh, Michael, on the uh, on the drugs and drug testing and, and a little bit to do with uh, Stewart and everything else, what was some of the reaction to that in the pits? A lot of people were really happy 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's something that I've been covering for like 10 years. You know, I was really big into cycling as a teenager and always followed it and watched the Tour de France and all the other big classics. So I've known about that stuff and I had great people helping me, you know, for Don to allow me to, to put that in the magazine and then Seiji Ishii and Alvin to give me quotes along with, you know, Kerry Coombs and uh, Todd Gendro, or not Todd Gendro, sorry, uh, Dave Jeff over at the AMA. Oh, no. Oh, Jeff Canfield. Jeff at the AMA. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff Canfield. You know, a lot of good people helped me out with it. Um, I'm, I think it might have been too big that people, like the average reader, didn't, like, sink their teeth into it. Right. But I'm going to put it online here in the next few days, and, and everybody can read it for free then. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's great. I think our sport needs more of that. You know what I mean? It's uh, there's millions and millions of dollars at stake here, and and therefore you'll lead the people to uh, try to find an edge, you know, illegally. Yeah. And um, I'm glad we do it. Uh, although I, th- I mean, I do think this Stewart thing, bit of a bit of a joke um, that he was missing that many races for his infraction. I think he should have been missed. I think he should miss some and should pay a penalty. But to miss, uh, you know, two uh, almost a full season is ridiculous. But it's that kind of stuff that you wrote that that's interesting to me. That's, that's educational for people to understand what goes on in our sport because it is, it is so hard. I mean, these guys are ultimate athletes. We're talking world, world-class athletes uh, in our sport. And so therefore why not open your eyes up a little bit and realize what's going on to know, like to be on the back end and, and see how dedicated guys are to training and their diet and everything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's guys that won't, dairy or they won't eat this or they won't eat that or sleep at certain times there's a lot of stuff that goes into it not to implicate anybody or say that anybody's doping but to think that somebody wouldn't think that they could get away with it is Mm -hmm. is wrong they're going to try whatever they can yeah absolutely somebody somebody out there would do it no absolutely i I personally know guys that have tried it back in the day you know what i mean um when there was no testing at all and why not why wouldn't guys just keep doing it and trying to see what what works for them and I don't think yeah. people understand either, and certainly you knew this from talking to, to Seiji, Anton. A guy like Andrew Short, look, he, he's, he's one of the very best we have. He's a top ten guy. At his age, he's doing uh, great. Uh, won Seattle a couple years ago. But he's certainly not, and I don't take this the wrong way, he's not an elite rider in our sport anymore. Um, uh, Roxon, Dunge, Kennard, Tomac. He's just age is caught up to him and catches up to everybody. But yeah. what I'm trying to say is people don't understand. A guy like... Andrew Short to get in the top ten, what he does, how hard he works, people will be amazed. Just the length, yeah. This just knowing little details of Andrew's program and everybody's program, people couldn't hang with him for a week. Right. You know, by right. Friday, you'd be over it. And then he's out there getting you know seventh and eighths, which is great. But people are like, oh, he yeah. sucks. He sucks. He's seventh no. or eight. You yeah. Know? But you have to think the guy's been his first pro year was fourteen years ago. Yeah. That's a long time for the sport. No, absolutely. Um, and. So- Go ahead. You know, you got to think too on the drug testing thing that they're talking about now. Whatever happened in the past, whoever did it or or whatever, there's nothing they can really do about it now. Statute of limitations is yeah, of course, pretty much killed anybody saying there was no big money there, and it wasn't like they were breaking any rules. You right. just couldn't be on, you couldn't be strung out on coke on the line, and you're fine. <laughs> right, back yeah. in the day. Right, so you're fine. You're fine now. <laughs> You're good now. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, no doubt. And then also, too, uh, Don Maeda, the editor of Transworld there, did an interview with James. I thought it went pretty well. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a Yeah, good... they have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can – we didn't – there were some people that thought that, you know, we paid for the article or whatever, but that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, we, 
you could go get an interview with Reed about anything you needed. And Don just happens to have that same similar relationship with James that he could get what he needs to get. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think James needed to come out in front and kind of control the story a little bit and tell his side. Yeah. Because it's been a long time coming, you know, from the time that everything happened last summer and then to fight through it and have to stay quiet all year while they waited for a decision. And then for the decision to come out, you know, it was gloves off at that point. Mm -hmm. Good on James because you can't, I mean, some people might not think that what he said was the greatest thing, that it could hurt his case, and I think that's a big reason why he stayed quiet for so long. But it's over now. You know, James needs to be clear with everybody, so look at all the support it's gotten him. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, one thing I'd like to see, and I, I, I meant I, meant, I should have tied this in with your drug article and all, but I'd really like to see some sort of random motorhome check for IVs in between motors yeah. at Nationals. Um, that would be huge. That And that was I mean, I'm sure because you read it, you saw that it was outlined in there. Yeah. It's just from what people had told me, it's a weird thing of that personal property on private property already. So they don't know where they can get in. But from the sound of it, it it should happen within the next few years. that They'll find a way. Hey, sign a waiver, whatever. Sign away your rights that way, you know. Um, And it's not something that has to get checked all the time, every time, three, four times a year of some random checks because – I'll tell you what, that's a huge, huge help for a hot, hot day at a national. And I have no doubt yeah. that that's going on in some of those motorhomes. Uh, in the the IV thing in itself is so gray because it's, it's outlined in the lot of book, like in the, all the, you know, international mm-hmm. codes. You cannot have an IV unless you're on your deathbed. Right. But guys still get it. I, I think that there's still, you know, like with Tonus last weekend, he needed an IV. He was in pretty bad shape. Yeah. But. You know, they fill out his IV and then send it in to WADA in time. No, he had to have it then. It's, it's a really weird thing. Yeah. And then you look at a sport like college football, they get it at halftime. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. on breathing apparatuses on the sideline. <laughs> right. Things that would never fly in, in our sport. Yeah, which, and I mean. People, the thing that, though, that people always say, like, I remember when James's decision was handed down and somebody compared it to a Major League Baseball player that got busted for, you know, Adderall, because mm-hmm. that's what it was, and he got X amount of games. You can't compare that because no. we're under a full different code. That's an independent, you know, privately. It's a it's a it's, it's a it's a bargaining it's a bargaining yeah. thing between a union and a, and a league, union, you know, and a publicly traded league and all that stuff. Yeah. Just, it'll never be that way in our sport. Wow, it it, it sh- I would make a case that it could be and it should be. It could um, be, but it, under the lot of thing, it won't. Yeah, it's pretty hard to, to, to do that now. They'd have to go out and do their own thing. I know, right? And it's uh, we could be so much more organized and, and so much more like a real sport. It's it's ridiculous at times. There's millions and millions of dollars, literally millions and millions of dollars at stake here. Millions. A- a- and, more and, than people would ever guess. Yeah, and we just do things where sometimes you're like, really? Really? <laughs> you know, let's get a little, um, let's get organized riders. Let's get organized teams. Let's get organized uh, promoters, you know, Um you know, MX Sports, Feld need to get better organized and talk to more. The riders need to get better organized. The, the teams and OEMs need to get better organized. You know, I mean, I heard something the other day, and we're wrapping up here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. I heard something the other day that there's a Team Green kid. He's 10 years old, and he's getting locked up to a pro deal already. You know? Oh, and wow. I'm, and I'm just like, when, when does this stop? Like, wh- wh- So, you know, we had the 14-year-olds and the 15-year-olds, and now we have 10-year-olds. And so how long until we're just, you know? Yeah, should, should be some. I, I love, yeah. I love racing of all sports and types. I mean, from World of Outlaws sprint cars to NASCAR to F1, I love all of it. 
but it's such a unique thing in every way that it can't compare to another sport. The amateur level, yeah. you know, they call it NCAA stuff amateur level. But amateur level at our thing is still with mom and dad involved. Yeah. You know, it's college yeah. level for, yeah. for other sports. It's so radical and different. You can't pull a 12-year-old out of high school to get him to play baseball. Yeah. You know, but you can sure as hell do it now. And well, it's just there's a lot of different things that it would take a full overhaul of our sport to change. Yeah. I don't it, see it ever happening. It would take a full overhaul. You're right full about overhaul. that. Anton, yeah. hey, uh, JT couldn't make it due to some cell service reception, so you really stepped up, man. You were uh, hey. did the whole thing, okay. man. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, um. Well, I'm glad you had me on. I'm glad you had me on. Yeah, we'll see you this. Or we won't see you at Indy, but uh, we'll see you soon. I think you might come up and do a pulp show, too. Looking forward to that. Yeah, we got to discuss that because I found out the day you want me to come up to my wedding anniversary. She's not soaked. Oh, so bring her up. Gotta... What, what better way to celebrate than coming on the pulp show? Right. Fan... Then go to Vegas, right. right. Right, exactly. Fantastic. All right, Anton. Thank you, man. Thanks, buddy. I'll see you later. All right, see you. Michael Antonovich, everybody, from uh, – Transworld Motocross, uh, thanks for uh, listening to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Some good talk. Thanks to uh, Fly for giving away a neat freak backpack to uh, Neil. Tits, are you going to hit the mountain bike trails? I'm going to hit it with a vengeance is what I'm going to do. Bring it, bro. You have 11 seconds. you got to find it oh, somewhere. I'll find it. <laughs> if you have to cheat, I'll find it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.